0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot
1: Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, Welcome. So, it's just about Valentine's Day when you're listening to this. I've never been extremely serious about this particular romantic holiday. I haven't been that skeptical about it either. Let's just say I have a dark sense of humor with it. Thus, this podcast will be a little bit on the comedic side. Lend me your ears and give me your hearts. It's a romantic holiday that's filled with delicious chocolate hearts, teddy bears waiting to be possessed, and the crushing power of love. Whether you're jonesing for love or need no one at all, it's a something scary bloody Valentine call. First, there's love, found under mysterious circumstances. Next, there's mobile dating, a dangerous game of catfish and mouse. After that, Dark magic tests the bonds of lovers' true. And finally, the loneliest being will stop at nothing to win the object of their desire. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then, I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share send me an email at snarl.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it, visit patreon.com slash snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Hunted on the run. At various points in our lives, we all run from something. Sometimes it's by choice, sometimes we are chased. But if the horror is inside, then escape is always futile. My name is Ryan Gardner, and I am the monster you're scared of in the dead of night. But I'm trying so hard to be better. It's difficult when the world is against you, hunting you with no one in your corner. My train rumbled on to its destination, bringing me closer to hopefully a cure for what I have. Alone in my private car, I watched, transfixed and shaking as the full moon's light flooded my space. My sweaty hands clutched my potion bottle. The liquid inside would hold off my change for now, but soon. There was a rap on my door, and it swung open. Apologies, sir. An additional ticket check. The train attendant smiled thinly at me. There seems to be an individual on board without proper passage. Staring at me, he barely looked at my ticket after I handed it over. A long pause then. Thank you, sir. He handed it back and left. Alone again, I exhaled. It was foolish to travel tonight of all nights. So many of my kind have been slaughtered by hunters, but I was being hunted yet again, so I had to flee. Luckily, I've got just enough medicine to last until I arrive in safer territory. Reaching again for the bottle, my trembling hand knocked it to the ground. I watched as the cork ripped out and it bounced out of the door left open by the attendant, spilling the precious liquid everywhere. No! If I change here, everyone on this train will be in danger. Scrambling outside for the bottle, I watched as a raven-haired woman picked it up from the corridor and smiled warmly at me. I think you dropped something, she sniffed it. It spilled, but you didn't lose it all, she said, handing me back the bottle. Taking it and pocketing it close to my chest, I thanked her, this angel. I'm Eva, the woman offered and strode past me into my car and sat across from me. The scent of her blood was intoxicating. I must stay in control. Quickly, I shook her hand and introduced myself. I apologized and informed her that I'd paid extra for a private car. Her hand lingered in mine, cool to the touch. The train has been oversold and is packed. May I stay for a while? Reluctantly, I agreed. The nail beds of my hands felt hot, aching to extend into claws, flushed. I swigged what was left of my potion. Medicine for my anxiety, I said. I shut the blinds to keep the sweet, sweet allure of the moon's call from my sight, and Eva smiled reassuringly into my eyes. I'm anxious too when I travel, but better together than alone. Eva was traveling for business. She was a great talker, which I love because I'm a good listener. She has the greatest laugh. The time passed and I felt almost normal again. I wondered if she would be as wonderful if she knew, if she knew the monster that I truly am. The train attendant came back for dinner orders. My order was steak, blue rare, which is as bloody as it could be made. The beast inside, keen for fresh meat. So it'd either have to be that or... My gaze latched onto the attendant as he chatted with Eva. My vision sharpened and focused on his neck as I felt my canines begin to protrude. The wolf inside howled gleefully, targeting him as my back started to hunch and attack. Vegetable soup and salad, Eva said loudly. I don't have the heart to eat innocent animals, she laughed. With horror, I clamped my suddenly hairy hand over my mouth. I refuse to be the monster those hunters think I am. I'm a carnivore, I blurted out, but but I, I could try to eat something else. She interrupted, insisting she didn't mind at all. The attendant looked at me strangely and left quickly. Had they seen me begin to change? After the door shut, alone once again, Eva gasped. Ryan, your teeth. As she stood up, I felt the bottom drop out of my stomach. I'd been caught. She was going to run and scream, I am the monster that should always be alone. Wearily, I looked away from her and raised my hands, palm up, the fantasy was over. I was startled as she instead grasped my hand in one of hers. Ryan, you're the one in danger. After that, the door burst open. A loud crack splintered the air as a crossbow bolt was fired and lodged into my chest. I screamed and it narrowly missed my heart and it burned. Over the tears in my eyes, I zeroed in on the figure behind the crossbow sights. It was the train attendant. With a mad gleam in his eye, he started cranking the crossbow back with another bolt. He cried, I finally found you, vampire. Vampire? I thought groggily. My wolfman transformation began quickly as I lost blood. Fur sprouted on my face and my snout snapped forward over sharp jaws. I stumbled toward the monster hunter, trying to shield Eva. With a hiss and supernatural strength, Eva yanked the bolt out of my chest. Turning to the crazed monster hunter, Eva ripped the crossbow away from him, dragging him into the compartment, pinning him high against the wall. Fang slid out of her mouth as she grasped him. Eva was the vampire. We were both monsters on the run. We weren't hurting anyone. You and those like you hunt us for what? Because of trumped up stories and stupid bloodthirsty myths? Now you're ours. Over the mountains and beneath the starry moonlit sky, The train sounds muffled the real monster's screams of agony. We pulled his heart out and feasted on him for dinner, bones and all, until there was nothing left. We arrived at our destination hand in hand and agreed from now on, better together than alone.
0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot
1: Digital romance is the new undead. As soon as one love dies, you cast your net to land another match. Like in this story, inspired by Max. Teddy's roommate Rafa was notorious around campus for ghosting women. But having a roommate with his reputation came with repercussions. It was always Teddy's job to tell the brokenhearted that came to their dorm's doorstep that Rafa wasn't there. Meanwhile, Rafa would take the fire escape to meet yet another date. Teddy, you're a lifesaver. I left that female on red for three days. you think she'd take the hint. Rafa told Teddy, clicking through the dating app on his phone for his next conquest. A jingle sounded. He'd found a match. Teddy looked up from his video game. Karma's no joke, dude. All of this is going to come back on you. Strutting over to the mirror, Rafa ignored him while he read the new profile out loud. Hello, Uma. Looking good. Foreign exchange student seeking new friends. I can be your friend, girl. Snapping a quick shirtless selfie, he sent it off. Showing Teddy her profile, Teddy saw pictures of a very beautiful woman, almost otherworldly, standing against some ancient Byzantine ruins. Uma and Rafa exchanged numbers and chatted for nights on end, but no matter how much Rafa insisted they meet up, she was always busy. Do you think she's busy with other guys? Rafa asked his roommate. Scrolling through his text with Uma, he showed Teddy... She keeps saying she can only make time for someone truly special. If she just see me face to face, I could show her how special I am. Teddy did a double take, slowly shaking his head. Rafa sounded just like the women Teddy had to keep turning away from their door. Rafa, man, are you sure she's not just catfishing you? Rafa was adamant. No, dude, Uma's the real deal. Later that night, Teddy was awakened abruptly by Rafa on speakerphone with Uma. Are you free tonight, babe? I got a lot on my mind. My ex is in town, wants to meet, and I need a good reason to say no. Rafa pleaded with her. Teddy murmured, rolling over, trying to go back to sleep. What, ex-dude? You haven't had a girlfriend the entire time I've known you. Unfortunately, Teddy heard Uma finally give in. You're right. We do have something special, Rafa. I'm out by the gazebo. Meet me now. Throwing on an athletic tank jeans and a sports jacket, Rafa eagerly headed out, letting Uma know he was looking for something special too. I'm just a nice guy looking for a lady who's different from the rest of the girls, Uma. After a pause, Uma responded. I'm here at the gazebo. I've been waiting for someone special. Just like you. Arriving to see an empty gazebo, Rafa laughed nervously, looking out on the dark, deserted campus. Could Teddy have been right? Was he being catfished? Then, the gazebo creaked above him, far too heavy to be the wind. Rafa's gaze lifted up and up towards the sound. There, nestled in the inner roof of the steepled gazebo, Something was staring back at him. Clutching the beams above him was Uma, a rotted and heaving husk of the woman from the pictures. As Rafa tried to scream, the monstrous thing, let go crashing into him swiftly pinning his body down on the pavement latching its mouth onto rafa's it gently slurped his scream into its maw great sucking noises echoed the gazebo as rafa's life was sucked out uma stepped away from rafa's body his mouth in a grotesque open snarl his body twisted in his final death spasm she skipped lightly leaving the gazebo a streetlight hit her face, a beautiful glow emanated from her, looking once again like the woman from her pictures, completely refreshed, whole, and healthy. A jingle sounded. She'd found another match. Uma pulled out her phone and read the profile out loud. Hmm, Keith, another nice guy, won't settle for less than an eight? Eight? Fit girls only need apply to ride this ride. No fake geek girls. Perfect. Uma licked her lips. He sounds like someone special. Thank you, Max, for inspiring us with your story. Uh, We really enjoyed this one and had a fun time. It's a different take on catfishing in general and of course, dating apps. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, there will be a dark comedic bent to some of these stories. So hopefully you enjoyed it too. And hopefully you have a better Valentine's night than this. And now, wondering lovers getting their due, inspired by a poem sent from Matthew. There once was a couple named Florence and Yuri whose love didn't quite fit amongst those in their city. So they packed their bags hand in hand, setting out for a place where they both could stand. Don't venture too far in the woods, the locals had warned for you'll draw the attention of the dark magician scorned. He can turn you into birds, a woman warned Florence. Or into stone, another told Yuri with abhorrence. Yuri said to Florence, We'll skirt the edge and not any deeper, but too far into the woods is exactly where they went at their leisure. Meanwhile... In the domain of the dark magician, love once more had been bested. He had caught a different maiden and her lover, their freedom, rested. Freezing their hearts in ice, chopping their bodies in sections, ripping guts to be saved for spells of black intentions. Only true love could have shielded you. Anything less, I cannot
0: be subdued
1: drawing fair-weather lovers filled with pride and lust. Instead, he drove them to madness, bringing them to dust. Catching Florence and Yuri in the woods, the magician did exactly as said. His magic worked quickly, filling the two lovers with dread. Turning Yuri to a stone statue, he laughed as he boasted, "'I shall eat your love in front of you,' turning her into a bird to be roasted." But Florence was a fighter, and fight is what she did. For their love, she was willing to do even the most sordid. Florence bit his nose right off and began to chew. Pecking his face bloody, he fell against Yuri's statue. Causing it to wobble, Florence squawked as it fell forward, pinning the dark magician beneath it, chest caved, breath tortured. Once he lay lifeless, his magic to the winds were scattered. Undone by his own hand, the curse then shattered. Together they continued on their path to a new home, no longer a bird or made of stone. Florence laughed. We aren't afraid, what we have is pure. Yuri agreed, there's nothing our love cannot endure. Thank you for your poetry, submission, Matthew. As you can see, it definitely inspired us here at Something Scary, and we also thought that you might like to hear something a little different from us than the usual short stories. Once again, along with being focused on love, we are focused on delivering the love of horror to you in different forms. But as for this story, how do you like poetry submissions? We can change it up like that. It's very important, and I want everyone out there to know, that the dark magician in this story is not the one from Yu-Gi-Oh. Have you ever had a secret admirer? Hopefully they know when to approach you or when to let you go. Unlike in this story inspired by Vivian. There are those who describe that where I thrive, everything dies. For I am desolation and decay. I am death, the force that was here before time began. And I will be here when time chooses to leave. One of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yes, I am he. Choosing isolation in the ways of a hermit, I exist within these empty cabin walls. Next to this lake that feels like on the corner of the world. Seasons would come and go, but I would remain the same. I would remain death. But everything changed when she came through the door. One of her other companions called her Ashley, Ashley. It felt as if the sun rose and set behind her eyes. Her very spirit filled the place, filled my heart, filled my soul. It was as if I was no longer death anymore, but something else, something more. Ashley, you get the living room with Taylor, a man said to Ashley, the one who had lit up the darkness within the room and within my heart. Thanks, Eli. The angel had spoken. I had a fight with Taylor, so I don't know if she's coming anymore, but it's fine. I'll take the living room. Good night. The two other lovebirds retired to their room. Already, I felt a connection to Ashley, and the others were disturbing me. Not good for me, and definitely not good for them. Extending myself into the various rooms to see what each of the denizens were doing, already, I felt jealous of the close relationship that the other two men seemed to have with my... Ashley. The one called Eli and his boyfriend, the one called June. I clamped the water shut from the sink, rendering it useless for the one called Eli. And when the one called June went to wash themselves within the shower, I chilled the water to the point of striking pain within the shower head. I needed for them to leave so I could spend my time with my angel, my Ashley. They weren't going to enjoy their stay. Creeping along the living room floor, trailing my essence and aura behind me, I came upon the sleeping Ashley, my sleeping girl. I lingered at the soft breath coming from her lips. Her warmth and peaceful, sleepy smile put me to my feet. I couldn't look away, and I yearned to feel her Hours passed while I gazed upon her sleeping face, never tiring of watching her dream. Where once I was death, now I was something more, something more with my Ashley. There was a knock at the door and Ashley awoke from her slumber. Crossing the floorboards, almost floating on air, I followed, not wanting to be too far from her. I touched her warm neck. She jumped with a shiver, startled, looking around. Of course, she couldn't see me as I saw her. Opening the door, another woman around her age came in and gave Ashley a kiss. The jealousy hit me deep into my cold core. My anger rose like a fire within me. The same type of fire that I had unleashed upon thousands, upon millions the world over. This woman would not stay. I had enjoyed my isolation before, but now, seeing Ashley in the arms of another, I'd never felt so alone like this, and alone I didn't like. I needed to make her solely mine. When they both fell asleep in the living room, the one called Taylor and my Ashley, I decided to separate them while they slept. Enveloping Ashley into my death's embrace, I slowly lifted her, the door opening upon my command, and I took my love outside. Making my way to the dock over to the lake, she began to stir from the cool night air. Gripping her tightly, I wrapped her in my essence and plunged us both into the water, deep down dark. She struggled and I clutched her, keeping her down, keeping her safe in my embrace, waiting for her to breathe her last so she could be mine. Ashley stared into my orbs, terror gripped her face, and I was elated, filled with joy. My angel could see me, could see me for all that I am, and would be partners with me throughout all time. Suddenly, another person jumped in and began yanking on Ashley's arms, pulling her up, pulling her away from me. No! I grasped and clawed and tried to pull her back, but it happened too quickly. She was gone, and I was alone. Floating in the darkness of the lake, my frustration grew. She had been snatched from me, but I would not give up. Death is patient. Death is final. Changing my form into a gust of wind, I slashed through the forest, slamming her lover down as she carried Ashley away. With a tree branch, I hit her shoulder, dislocating it with a crunch. Run, Ashley! Taylor screamed. The love of my afterlife, Ashley sprinted back into the cabin, screaming for her brother Eli. Panicked, Eli let her in and they slammed the door. But there is no keeping me out. I slithered through a crack in the window, changing my form once again to see Ashley <coughs> coughing on the floor, coughing up lake water, still recovering. <coughs> I would have her yet. Eli's boyfriend, June, wrapped her in a blanket. Someone is following me. I saw it. If it's a person at all, I i don't know. Ashley's eyes skittered around the room, but she couldn't see me now. She was still too full of life. June shouted at Eli. I told you there was something off here. The water, the sink, Ashley ending up in the lake. Taylor's still out there. Even if I didn't like them, I loved that my Ashley was always filled with worry and love for others. Soon, that worry and love would only be mine. Eli paced, I'll go look for Taylor, y'all get your things, we are out of here. No! They could leave, but my Ashley would stay. The anger rose in me, fire catching, fuming. I made the flames of the fireplace erupt and set the cabin afire. Secondary fires alighting the couches, catching the curtains and anything within their path. Ashley and June screamed as they saw my shadow sweep toward them. When humans are close to death, they will always see me. Towering, swooping in, I pushed Ashley against the wall, and June tried to reach for me. Let her go! I backhanded June out of the door with force. As my Ashley struggled, I looked into her eyes, trying to get the same connection that we had before underneath the water, wanting her to see me for what I am, wanting to feel that joy, the joy that only Ashley could give me. The smoke built up around us as her eyes finally found me again. I'm not going with you, she spat, filled with fury and spirit. Surprised and hurt at her rejection, my grip loosened. She landed on her feet as the flames pushed in closer. I don't know what you are, but you can't have me. She fought as she began to suffocate. The house buckled down around her, but then her friends ran back into this collapsing cabin, pulling her from me, pulling her back into the world. I watched them go. My feelings were hurt. I may not be able to have my Ashley yet, but I'll never stop trying. And I followed her out of the woods. For her, I'd go anywhere. I will go everywhere, following forever around every corner until she is made mine. You may have rejected me with how I look to you, but you are everything I could ever want. We are inevitable. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markia McCarty and Sabina Graves. Audio edited by Johnny Ashley and Fitz Harris. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com slash snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well.